and welcome to a special episode of Dress Fancy, the podcast that talks about fancy dress in all its anarchic, creative, bonkers glory. This is a mini-episode brought to you after Halloween in order to do a celebrity and Halloween roundup. We thought that there is no better time to be discussing our specialist subject. And so what we've done is a quick trawl through the highs and lows of 2018's Halloween outfits. Yeah, and I think, as we'll see, (laughs) quite a lot of lows. (laughs) And a surprising number of lows. So in the manner of kind of fashion police <laughs> channeling Joan Rivers. I was going to say, which, which one's going to be Joan Rivers? <laughs> but but not quite as mean, not quite as vicious. Well, uh, we say that at the beginning. Yeah, we'll wait till we're warmed up. We're just going to go through the things that, that zinged out at us, I yeah. guess. The best place to start. We have to start, <laughs> yeah, of course, no, we do. with Heidi Klum. Mm-hmm. So I will be honest, Ben, <laughs> when I first saw, obviously eagerly awaiting, you know, absolutely. as does the rest of the world, what she was going to go with this year. I have to say my initial instincts were one of disappointment Mm. at her Shrek costume. Yeah. Only because it felt like a reference that feels quite old to me. Old without being classic. Is that unfair on Shrek? No, I think that's true because when I saw the videos that she posted to her Instagram and I I saw the kind of lurid colour of the costume, I thought that looks like it's going to be Shrek, but surely not because that, right. that's so old. But I think what was interesting is what I haven't done previously is actually watch, glued with attention, wrapped with sort of <laughs> awe, is to watch the technical process. Yeah, no, and I love that. I really and, and that, I think, does give me a new sense of quite genuine horror about what they put themselves yeah. through. I mean, it was interesting with her partner who was clearly <laughs> going above and beyond, so sort of Tom Cowlitz, and he is bearded and obviously that creates problems I'm guessing with the sort of latex rubber <laughs> nuss of, of the costume so he was there's lots of the footage just shows this sort of makeup team painting his beard which, why didn't he just shave his beard? that would have been so much easier because then this is where it gets worse they've, they've lathered all of this glue I'm guessing onto his beard imagine washing that off the next Ugh. day but then they essentially build up his chin with cotton wool that's really going to be uncomfortable and then they fit the chin segment or whatever. <laughs> I love that you're trying to use technical language. You have absolutely no knowledge of how I'm to not, of I, latex I, I really and prosthetics. No, you're no. just <laughs> making it up as you go along. Um, but clearly doing quite well. Um, but what was interesting is, is that, you know, that the complete sort of crew that's assembled around them and one of them talking with glee saying, I moulded this upside down. And it's almost as though for the makeup crew, prosthetics, manufacturers, engineers, whatever yeah. they are, this is like a highlight. And I imagine oh, in some ways it, I is. Think it is. So having said that, I was a bit disappointed when I first saw it, which is not to say that it isn't an incredible outfit. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really good job. Yeah. Of course. But I just didn't, it just kind of didn't make me feel anything. But I did get more into it because it is fascinating. Yeah. And, and interestingly, Heidi Klum has said in an interview this year, in terms of when so people were asking, when does she start to decide? Mm. And she said, well, on the 1st of November. <laughs> This is why I love her. Uh, But she said, I don't want to look like myself. Mm. So her starting point is a very clear one. I like a clear brief. I mean, that's a little bit confusing because obviously in previous years she has gone as herself with the whole selection of models. But it's almost kind of increasingly she is becoming more and more less identifiable. Yeah. 
because it was interesting, one of the costumes that she previously re- um, referenced was the sort of werewolf sort of from the thriller, uh, yes. Michael Jackson video. But I think even if she takes that line, I don't think Tom Kylett's got that brief because in all of the photographs of him dressed in the um, <laughs> Shrek outfit, his eyes just look dead. He's worried about that beard. Uh, well, I think so. I, but he can probably feel it. That's the point. <laughs> you know, this beard just sort of itching away at him, which just seems, I suppose, in some ways, truly. Do you um, think he just got hammered and he's like... <laughs> I th- well, you'd need to. Things though, with to. the huge Shrek-like hands, oh. it's probably that you can't actually even hold your alcohol. That's the sort of second level oh, of torture. That wouldn't work in the UK. We can't, really we can't need to be able to binge drink through every party. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on with this is a quick episode. We're going to move on to another mm. resounding theme, which I think has always been in a theme in the US, but is becoming more popular here too, mm. which is families dressed as a crew, which I'm really into. I've never done yeah. it, but I'm going to be thinking about this next year. But I, what I like about that as a concept is it's the idea that you're all together. Normally, yeah. as, a, as a sort of family unit, you're probably all whatever ages or whatever you are, you're creating or fighting for your own identity. The idea that all of those sort of family squabbles can be put to rest, at least in costume, if not in reality. Oh, you're using it as a tool for family therapy. Well, it could well be. Or oh, just, I wasn't that doing I, that. I just thought the photos looked good. Well, obviously, <laughs> that, okay. But yeah, the kind of superficial sort of, you know, we're all together yeah. is quite nice. Hopeful me, just hope, you oh, know. Oh, I just, just hadn't got that was, far. Okay. okay, no, you're quite right. That's well, I don't nice. Know. That's really nice. My favourite, I think, was Alec Baldwin and, and family all in NASA space suits. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. It's really, like, lovely and they just look great. It's very, you know, fits everyone. It's <laughs> well, easy. No, that, yeah, that is true. But actually, the one I... I quite liked was Justin Timberlake, Jessica Biel and their son. They yeah. were all in the sort of DC characters. So you had Justin Timberlake as Robin, the yeah. son as, as Batman, and um, Jessica Biel as um, Harley Quinn. But rather than just dressing as sort of generic Batman type figures, they were as the Lego versions. Oh, that's so clever. And I just think there's this, again, this comes back to what we've said in previous episodes, that when you think about Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake, in a sense, they've built their identities on their looks. Mm. And yet here in, the, in one of the videos, you've got them sort of waddling down <laughs> a, a sort of street completely right. well, like Heidi Klum. Like just, yeah, exactly. You know, so. No one's, yeah. yeah, she isn't a global supermodel in no. that green outfit. <laughs> and there is just, I think this was wonderful, or oh, I thought it was wonderful, for once not being cynical. I don't know what's happened to me. But yeah, this sort of image of Timberlake, Beale and their son sort of posing. And I just, that warmed my heart. Oh, did it, Ben? That's <laughs> it really so did. nice. Unlike the other family example. Oh, I know what you're going to say. My least favourite, <laughs> unsurprisingly, root of all bad taste, the Kardashians. Mm. So this year, if you haven't seen it, then you are lucky. But they, all the girls dressed as Victoria's Secret models, which for people who aren't familiar with the Victoria's Secret trope, then that means your underwear and some wings. So, I mean, they just look like they've forgotten to get dressed. Yeah. Yeah, I really have nothing more to add to that. I just think it's, yeah, I, I, I was... Ben's like, please, can we not discuss it? I'm cringing. I'm kind of, yeah, it's on any level, sort of aesthetically, creatively. Yes, exactly. There's no creative. And even even to the extent that, you know, they made one phone call to Victoria's Secret and were mm. like, can you send over the costumes from last year? But that's about sort of brand manipulation yes, or, or exactly. whatever. It, yeah. It's not... Oh, it's totally brand building. And again, of course, the architect of this was Kim herself, mm. who told Refinery29 that, you know, she came up with the idea, let's all, let's dress as a theme, da, yeah. da, 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 let's dress as a theme in our pants, she probably said. <laughs> Has anyone got a thong? The cry went up. <laughs> and, and it was answered and it was annoyingly. answered and they did and yeah. you can see them whether you like it or not at the other end of the spectrum the sort of brand building spectrum 
you know, Harry Styles dressed yes. as Elton John in Gucci, very, very sparkly. Yes. That gets my full support. It's equally a brand building exercise. You know, obviously Harry is the face of the campaign for Gucci currently, yeah. but someone's gone to some effort and it's really cool. Yeah. I love the multi-layered references in that. But that's the thing that you, you've got, you know, I, I suppose a commercial nature, you're going to probably have that with celebrities anyway, but you've also got creativity. There's a yeah. bit of fun, maybe a bit of a sort of piss take going. I mean, you know, I, I quite like that for yeah. those reasons. So if that's building the brand, oh. let's look at <laughs> yeah. an example that is completely messing up the brand. I was going to swear then, and then I remembered it affects our iTunes. <laughs> it does, so yes. I'm not so, going so don't to. do that. I was going to be rude, but let's talk about Mel B. Yeah, so she is dressing as Victoria Beckham, which is interesting in itself. So she's essentially wearing this Beckham face mask and carrying a placard that says, <laughs> no, I am not going on tour. Emphasis added there. Because obviously it's this spat between Victoria Beckham and the rest of the Spice Girls crew saying, no, we're not reforming. I've got my fashion career. I've made something of my life. That's something. I know, I'm not going to go there. But... Uh, you- <laughs> You said you weren't going to be really vicious. I did. But you then did say about warming up. So I'm obviously (laughs) getting into my groove. I mean, she's wearing a nasty tight black dress. It's posh spice circa 1990-whatever, isn't it? But what a very public and pathetic statement. Exactly. And I... You know, in a sense, what does that achieve? You end up just thinking that it is sour grapes. Yeah. Also, Mel B, you know, you need those royalties, mate. Like... Yeah. See, I was going to go there. You finished off for <laughs> Sorry. Me. <laughs> a less than elegant solution to I think so. both yeah. the question of Halloween and indeed your career. So basically our, <laughs> our bitchiness is completely justified. <laughs> but talking about bitchiness, Ooh. there has been a really proper kind of catfight moment. I have to say, not created by the women involved, but as usual, created by the media yeah. frenzy around them. And I am entirely sick of there Mm. being media commentary which is designed just to pit women against one another but there is a really good example of that happening in the sort of aftermath of Halloween 2018 involving Kylie Jenner in her Barbie outfit Mm. which obviously Beyonce did a version of however many years ago? Two maybe? Quite recently. Yeah very recent yeah. Well everyone is so outraged by the fact that she might be copying Beyonce. Mm. I mean, a lot of this sounds very playground, doesn't it? it but know? it does. But I mean, some of the really quite vicious commentary about, oh, you've shown no creativity. It was just kind of, you know, poison-laced <laughs> um, sort of um, And completely vitriol. unnecessary. Yeah. And from a sort of, you know, I feel like one of the reasons we love this subject is because you can repeat things, self-reference. Mm. There is no such thing as an original idea in no. costume generally. So why would we expect there to be one? You know, how many examples of Cleopatra, for Well, example? exactly. I mean, that made me think of this idea of sort of banality. I mean, we've spoken previously about do we hold celebrities to a higher sort of status, a yeah. higher order. But actually some of these costumes, as we said, they're sort of perhaps a, a low rather than sort of a high this year, are just recycling tropes that we've seen. Yeah. So Cleopatra was obviously Cher. We then had Cindy Crawford being a not quite so shit Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. But you know, you, you just sort of thought that, you know... It's that- kind of like all up for grabs, isn't yeah. it? So I don't think that Beyonce doesn't own the concept no. of dressing up as Barbie... I mean, if I were forced to say who did it better, which of course is what the headlines is like, who did it better? Who wore it? But, you know, we aren't all in competition. Mm. I mean, Beyonce wore it better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only because she is a creative powerhouse of it. So the way it was rendered 
was really brilliant. Mm. You know, whereas I just, again, I don't feel much about no. Kylie Jenner's version. It feels very, you know, bland to me. But, but I, I suppose also, I mean, I think you're right completely that it, it's up for grabs. But as a celebrity, when you are thinking about your costume statement, you probably are going to have advisors who are maybe doing some research. Is this PC? Who are we going to yeah. get on board? Who are we going to alienate? So picking a costume that was done suddenly no more than two years ago, you do sort of think, hmm, really? Do you think it was provocative or just a mistake? I almost think it was in some ways worse in that it was probably just, this is a really great idea. Let's do it. Maybe in the back of her mind or her stylist's minds, whatever, thinking, oh, yeah, I've maybe got some idea of where this has come from, but not, not you know, too sure. And then doing it and then thinking, oh, bugger, that's where it was, Beyonce, two years ago. Um, so I think or it's sort of slightly subconscious. As you're but- talking, I'm thinking about one of our new episodes this season about fancy dress and literature. And maybe Kylie Jenner had a Mrs. Danvers-esque Ooh. voice in her ear suggesting that she Could be. copied Beyonce only to incur the wrath of the internet, which is what's happened. I like that, though, that kind of spectral sartorial yes. link, which is very Halloween. It's very Halloween. Oh. All right, we're going to end with not a bitchy no. example, but an uplifting one. Ben, tell us about this remarkable story. <laughs> kind of a couple of stories that spring to mind that I actually thought were much more creative The first is a sort of video montage that appeared on Instagram through Structured Magazine, which is a series of walking portraits. This was in Kawasaki in Tokyo, where you've got men and women where their sort of essentially upper torso is framed and they're impersonating a famous painting. So you've got, for example, Picasso's Weeping Woman. Mm -hmm. You've got The Girl with the Pearl Earring by Vermeer. You've actually got, which I thought was wonderful, in Spain, that that sort of stories about that restored sort of icon or image of Christ, which was just done so badly. That was um, one of the images as well, a Van Gogh self-portrait. I'm not sure what the kind of context was in terms of whether it was a a marketing stunt for an organisation or something, but I just thought that seemed engaging. It was a sort of public parade. There seemed to be lots of sort of festivity and just creativity put mm. to a, a good use. And it's a different way in, isn't it, to costume. Exactly. It's yeah. sort of, it's it references a whole different set of yeah. things. It's not film or the things that we yeah. see every day. And I think that's, again, why I liked it, because I did think this is a little bit more mm. original. But again, I think that, that we've seen something that's a bit edgier, but staying with that original theme, which... I just thought it was brilliant and very, very uplifting. Yeah. And this was a story that ran on BBC of disabled people reveling in the fact that Halloween creates an opportunity for them to dress up in a way that their disability becomes a absolute advantage. And one of the people who featured in this was a girl called April. And I thought really quite beautifully, an American girl who described... Halloween as being Christmas for us amputees, <laughs> which I just thought, you know, that that sense of, we, we've mentioned it before, but the idea of risk-taking in fancy yeah. dress. And there's something really courageous and brave and, as I said, uplifting. And April's wearing a striking sort of costume with sort of makeup where she's got the veins on her face are sort yeah, of brought out. Brilliant. And her left hand is a sort of rendered as a sort of bloody stump which is really quite sort of visceral when you look at it. But oh, she I, looks incredible. She does, absolutely incredible. She said that she's reached a peaceful medium where she has accepted her body and wants to find every way to take advantage of it, which is an attitude that I applaud. And there's another example with former Paralympian Josh Sundquist, who dressed as a genie from Aladdin. We'll show you some of these pictures. His whole thing has become... hes He owns Halloween so much as a mm, sort he of really does. thing now that his fans kind of await the unveiling mm. of the new costume. They're very eagerly 
awaited. The genie from Aladdin is so perfect. It is. It's incredible. It's like the actual drawing mm. itself. I think it's actually much more successful than the Shrek, if I'm honest. Oh, Given it, that it that's is a direct completely, comparison. Yes, I think it really is. Yeah. He's done Gingerbread Man. He, and he basically takes his physicality and turns it into an advantage for yeah. costumes. So he's been a flamingo and all sorts of things that, mm. that are, it, it's such a visual trick when you yeah. look at it. He was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer when he was nine and so subsequently had his left leg amputated. He told the BBC that as a teenager, he wore his prosthetic leg every day. Mm. I didn't want people to know I had one leg, he said. Yeah. It takes a long time to make the psychological adjustment to be comfortable with your body after an amputation. And it was this acceptance of his body that enabled him to make costumes. He said, without embracing the way my body is, it would would be impossible. Oh, and that, yeah, that is really yeah, brave, courageous, uplifting, I think. We'll show you these examples. We've got some others in this area. We fully support all fancy dress <laughs> in all capacities Absolutely. on every occasion. <laughs> this is the end of our Halloween roundup. We'll show you all the pictures on our Instagram at Dress Fancy Podcast. Please subscribe, share and join us next time for a more normal episode of Dress Fancy. 